Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. On this week's podcast, we'll be discussing Jalen Mayfield's decision to enter the 2021 NFL Draft and forgo the 2020 season. Plus, the Big Ten will not revisit its decision to cancel the fall season and will go ahead and try and play a winter or spring season in 2021. All that and more on this week's episode. Aaron, how are we doing? Good. Good. Another second podcast this week. We're starting to do more. Podcast. Yeah, we actually had a, a few things to write about this week. We had player yeah. availability on Wednesday and Big Ten's decision or letter from Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner yesterday, and, and Jalen Mayfield's decision as well. So pretty pretty busy week so far. Yeah, uh, the Mayfield decision kind of caught me off guard just it, not only in, in the way it came about, but I guess him being the first one to kind of come to a decision. You know, I thought he had the, the biggest one to make of all the group of the group of Michigan players who theoretically could enter the draft. I, I thought he had, he had the, probably the toughest decision just because, you know, he's only played a couple of years at Michigan. He still had three years of eligibility left, including, you know, including this year. So he had a lot of time left. And, and frankly, people keep, you know, bringing up the, you know, him being projected first round pick, and, and he has been. You know, Mel Kiper of ESPN had him in his first round mock draft, uh, or uh, excuse me, under the big board back in May. I, I believe Tom McShay has listed him as, as a potential early round guy as well. But a lot of this is off projection. A lot of people were wanting to see him play one more year in college. He played pretty well last year. I mean, he started all 13 games uh, at right tackle for Michigan. He held himself, did well for himself. Uh, even in some of the bigger games, I thought he did well again, you know, against Ohio State. Uh, played well against Penn State. Um, you know, he held his own. And and for a young guy uh, with such a you know seasoned offensive line, experience next to him, he, he did a good job. But I think folks wanted to see another year of that. Just you know, Mel Kiper, I think, said that in his projection over the summer. But you know, I, we have, now we haven't spoken to Jalen just yet. But I, I you know suspect that those projections are, you know, went a long way in his decision that he could potentially be, if, if he performs well in the combine and, you know, grades out well, he could be early an early draft pick. And that means more money and, and obviously more opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what transpires. I mean, cause I mean, in the last five drafts, 18 offensive tackles have been selected in the first round and none of them have played fewer than 25 games in college. So if, if, Mich- if Mayfield does end up being, uh, a first round pick, it's going to be an instance where yeah, you're, you're drafting him based off his potential and, and you're not going to get any updated film on him uh, in, in a live game for how, how many months. So 
it, it seems like it could be a risky pick if, if an NFL team does choose to draft him in, in, the, in the first round. But, I mean, like you said, he, he did fare well in his only year as a starter, and he has a lot of potential. And I think if all teams are going to be drafting a lot more on potential this upcoming year just because of this whole COVID, uh, COVID pandemic. So it, it is unprecedented time. So I, I can't say I'm surprised by this decision. It might be a little bit early just because there's so many, there's still so many moving parts. Um, I mean, now the big tens maybe looking to play a, a winter season. So, so NFL draft prospects could still theoretically play January, February, and then, and still yeah. have some, some time to recover and, and compete in the, in the combine and get ready for the NFL draft. So not only that, um, but the, there's word coming down that Friday, the NCAA uh, could, and it sounds like they're going to, or planning to uh, basically give players a free year this year and give them an additional year of eligibility. Uh, so Mayfield in theory could have played, you know, could play in a potential winter or spring and then still have three years of, of eligible college eligibility left after that, which give him a lot more time to develop. So part of me wonders if maybe he's, rethinking his decision or maybe he will rethink it at some point because he's got time now keep in mind he, he said he plans to declare for the draft uh, but right. he, they don't have to do it until this uh, i think january mid-january i think it's, the, it's usually the cutoff date for that um so he's got time to reflect on everything else like i said i was more surprised at the timing because i think he is the risky like i think you put a put up aptly i mean he, he has a it's a risky decision um you know and, and he's, he's got a lot to weigh uh, you know, not, don't get me wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean he can't be a potential first round pick and a potential high, you know, have a great career in the NFL. Cause Michigan the thing here too, I think working for him is Michigan's lineage in producing offensive linemen. I mean, they've had several the last few years. Cesar Ruiz went first round last year. Um, you know, Mason Cole went uh, a couple years before John Runyon's obviously got drafted Michigan, all four of their starters last year get drafted. So um, from a development standpoint, Michigan has shown that they can do it. And I think that's working to his advantage. Uh, I, I just, I just wonder if, if maybe he could have stayed another year or two to, to develop, you know, more seasoning and, and whatnot. One thing pr- probably working against him of coming back this year is just the lack of experience of the offensive line. I mean, the one thing they had last year, they, they had a ton of, ton of starters coming back. It was an experienced veteran group. And I think that that did help him to some degree, kind of expose some of his deficiencies. But he didn't have that this fall. I mean, they're bringing back, or they were. He was the only starter that was coming back. They had a, you know, they have a, a group of largely inexperienced underclassmen that have to fill in the gaps. Uh, and that's and that's where I think Mich- that's where they, it leaves Michigan at this point, even without Jalen Mayfield. It is a scary situation now for Ed Warner and, and Michigan um, to have breaking in five new starters on an offensive line without having much of, of any sort of practice to allow these guys to gel together and get some experience. I mean, if you're a coach, at least if you have Jalen Mayfield back, you don't have to worry about one tackle spot. It's it's comforting to know. Okay, to focus on at least we have one anchor on the line. Um, let's let's build these guys up around him and, and see what we can do. But to to completely replace an offensive line um, without much on field reps, I mean that's got to be very difficult to to do. And and there's not really many options that stick out to you and say, okay, like I I think this guy could to step in right away and and do a pretty good job. I mean, missions are in need um, some wild cards to step up in a big way and and be productive on the field, which we, we just don't know what, if that will happen at this point. No. And, and have to protect a new quarterback too. So, you know, exactly. if, if Michigan does have a, you know, winter spring season, I'm assuming Jalen Mayfield does move on to the NFL draft. Uh, they've got some work to do. 
Now, you know, Ed Warner has shown a, a knack for developing young guys and bringing guys along, and he has a track record of doing so. So there's there's really no indication that, that the offensive line is necessarily in trouble. I just think they're probably a year or two away from really being that group that, w- that we've seen the last couple of years, that veteran experienced group that doesn't have much trouble and can kind of move, move a defensive line. Now the question becomes, A, who replaces Jalen Mayfield, and how do they configure that offensive line? Uh, I wrote a story earlier this weekend on live, I think it was you know, Wednesday morning went up, analyzing and kind of going, go, proposing some ideas. Um, you know, I, I think the working idea and, and Ed Warner and Jim Harbaugh have said so that, that Ryan Hayes was their plan to be the starter at left tackle. Now, Ryan, um, you know, he, he started a couple of games last year when John Runyon uh, started the season injured. He's shown a, a, a potential ceiling there. They, they like what they have there. Okay, he's a former tight end, big guy, a tall and athletic. Uh, more of a basketball body than a football body, but that's kind of what Michigan's been recruiting to that that position here in the last couple of years. Um, so he's he's kind of penciled in to be the starter left tackle. Right tackle Michigan has a couple of options, uh, neither of which player has a ton of experience. Um, Carson Barnhart, I, I think, may be the favorite to, to play there at this point. Um, back in last fall, or no, earlier this year, excuse me, Ed Warren did an inter- podcast interview back in February. Um, he was asked about the offensive line, and he brought up Carson Barnhart uh, basically said, you know, by the time last season ended, he was the, the full-time backup at left tackle behind John Runyon. Um, you know, Mayfield had kind of held his own at right tackle and held it down, and there was no no movement there. So I, I think, um, you know, Barnhart seems to be the next guy to step up. Um, but, you know, you've also got Andrew Stuber there. She, he was obviously in the, in the competition for the starting right tackle job two, two falls ago now, or last fall, excuse me, fall of 2019. With Jalen Mayfield, Jalen Mayfield beat him out for it, but partially because Stuber was injured. He tore his ACL, left him out for the entire season. All signs point to him being healthy, but he is a little bit bulkier and bigger than Michigan, I think, prefers at their tackle spot. So I think there was an assumption going into this fall that he was going to kind of be in the mix of the guard spot. So Michigan can move him back out to tackle, uh, a position he's familiar with, and, and he started in a handful of games back in 2018, or they can move with a young blood, more athletic type in, in Carson Barnhart. Um, but either way, Michigan's got some questions to, to figure out there. Um, some unproven guys really across the board. You can even throw Ryan Hayes in there. I mean, he looked good early on in 2019, uh, but they didn't use him a, a ton, and he wasn't that every down tackle. Um, so he wasn't able really to prove himself, so to speak. So right. Michigan's got some work to do. Uh, like, but like I said, Warner's done a good job of, of developing guys and getting the most out of them. But again, I still think, I, and I probably would have said this even with you know Mayfield in the fold, but this offensive line, I think, still is a year or two away from uh, becoming a potential you know, a top-tier line. They, they got some growing to do. Uh, and they've got even more growing to do now with J- Jalen Mayfield out of the fold. For sure. And, and it's always tough to have to rely on, on, on a guy coming back from major surgery on, on, on your knee. I mean, that's you, you don't really know what you're going to get out of Andrew Stuber. And like, yeah, he was probably the front runner for that starting tackle position last year. But it's just it's tough with these guys coming back from injuries and, and to have to pencil them in and re- know that you're going to need uh, a lot of production out of a guy that's that's coming back from a major surgery. It, it's tough. So that 2019 uh, class had a lot of promising offensive linemen prospects, and we're probably going to have to see some of them step up and get some playing time um, as, as underclassmen this year. Yeah. I mean, the, the one stat to kind of illustrate the, the lack of just experience, Michigan with Jalen Mayfield came in, came into the 2020 season. Obviously it's not going to happen now with, with a combined, with, with that offensive line with a combined 18 starts. Uh, when you take Mayfield out of that equation, it's down to five. 
Uh, Brian Hayes had two of them. Andrew Stuper had three of them, and, and all three of those were in 2018. Uh, so they, they really have no starting experience, very little starting experience, and they got a huge group, a large group of redshirt freshmen and true freshmen uh, in the mix. I mean, I, I, 10 of their 14, I think, scholarship offensive linemen are, are true or, 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 or redshirt freshmen. So they've got some growing to do. Ed Warner has a huge job in front of them, but, you know, the, the – not playing this fall and then, you know, able to get some reps and, and work out this fall and, and even into the winter, I think will help obviously in their development, but there's a difference in practicing and going through workouts and, and playing and actually practicing and playing in games. So, you know, Michigan's, their offense is going to be intriguing to watch, you know, this winter or spring, whenever they play next. I mean, heck, it could be next fall for all we know, given that some of the pieces they, they, they may lose and just don't have. I mean, we're, remember, we're still waiting on a decision from Nico Collins, whether he's going to come back or not. Again, he's another senior who's got a decision to make. Um, and then you got, you know, the running back room, I think is fine, but Chris Evans may be out of the fold too, for all we know. So the offense, again, more question questions than, than answers with this group. We're going to have to kind of see where things go along here during the, the suspension or the, the postponement, I guess I should call it. Um, but you know, they, they took a blow, you know, Jalen, but it was Jalen Mayfield's decision. He, he, he made a call uh, and, and we'll see where, where it takes them here. Come, come next spring. For sure. Well, what, one thing we know for certain is that there will not be big 10 football this fall after, after uh, commissioner Kevin Warren wrote in a letter yesterday that they will not revisit the decision to cancel. So the earliest this offensive line will, will see the field in a, in a game setting would be would be January, um, with, and possibly playing through through February with a, a ch- conference championship game in March. Uh, just wanted to get your th- reaction to to that news yesterday. Yeah, you note know, when they first announced the postponement of the fall season, they, they mentioned potentially playing in the spring, and I, I guess that when they say spring, they maybe meant spring semester or they meant spring months. I'm not clear on it, but. It noticed in the last 24 to 48 hours that narrative has kind of shifted to a, a desire to play in January, like right away once the 2021 calendar year hits. Um, there's a report yesterday, Wednesday, from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, that they're, the Big Ten is looking, at least trying, that's the working plan right now, is to, to begin the season in early January. That means you know, these teams that kind of get through practice, get to practice and go through workouts this fall and then hopefully begin some type of, I would assume that means they have to begin some type of camp uh, in, in December, uh, maybe during Christmas break, I guess. I, I don't know, but I'm not surprised they haven't gone back on their word. I, 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 I would have, and I think I said this earlier this week or last week, I, I would have been shocked if they would have reversed their decision. Like, I don't think you make that monumental decision given everything that's going on right now, given all the money on the line and you just flip it like that, that quickly. So it, it decision was made and I'm not surprised you're not going back on it. I will say this, and, and I think I said this earlier in the week, there just wasn't a ton of explanation for their reasoning, they did a little bit better job Wednesday night when when uh, Commissioner uh, Kevin Warren released a statement. Uh, he, he listed a, a couple of things that they listed as primary factors to the the, the president's and chancellor's decision. One being transmission rates um, that are continuing to rise at an alarming rate, although they didn't give any specifics or numbers there. The uncertainty, which Kevin Warren has said time and time again, uh, they have concerns over contact tracing. Uh, and then, and then shortages in, in testing and, and availability of tests. So, I mean, they're all valid reasons. They're all, I, mean, I think, they're all basically the things we all thought that was behind this. Um, but the Big Ten certainly didn't do a very good job initially of, of explaining it. They tried to come back Wednesday night, 
Uh, Kevin Warren did a couple of interviews from some national outlets. He acknowledged uh, maybe he could have done a better job of explaining this from the get-go. But the reaction, obviously, was was not good. I mean, a lot of players were upset. We spoke to Carlo Kemp and Nick Eubanks on Wednesday. Uh, they still weren't clear in understanding the decision from the Big Ten, especially just a few days after they unveiled the schedule. So I'd put the chance of the Big Ten playing football this fall at 0% at this point. It's not going to happen, and I think they're trying to move on from that. But now that the question and the working plan is how quickly can they, can they resume football um, you know, in, in the winter and or spring? For sure, yeah. I, you you just had the sense that no no matter the amount of public pressure the Big Ten received from parents or, or fans or, or college programs that that they weren't going to reverse that decision because that would not have looked good for the conference at all. Um, so no no real surprise with the announcement yesterday, but it's kind of good to get that formality um, to say, all right, yeah, let's. There's no fall football. Let's move on and let's create a working plan so we can get the teams back out on the field as, as early as possible and, and, and hopefully January. So we'll see what happens. I mean, this, this virus is still out there. There's cases popping up at, at, at universities with students coming back. We're going to see what happens here with, with the programs and, and conferences that are still trying to play football. And for those that uh, will have to be finding their own ways to improve like, like Michigan and, and doing 20 hour a week, uh, workouts and, and walkthroughs and whatnot. It would be weird to see some college football played on Saturdays in the fall while, while some other top conferences aren't. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. And I'm, I'm curious to see whether, whether the, see whether the NCAA um, does pass that, that for your eligibility later this week, because if that does, it's going to change, I think, some things for some players. And it would, give that, it would turn basically a winter or spring season into a, you know, a, a free season. They could play without you know, losing your eligibility, and they could, they could still get some games in and you still get some work in. Um, it would give us a better idea of what this Michigan team looks like. Uh, because I said this, I think earlier this week or last week, and I'll say it again. I do think whatever team Michigan rolls out here in the in the winter or spring is it was maybe a vastly different looking team than the one we've seen in the fall. A lot of decisions to be made. A lot of them, I think, are going to depend on what the NCAA does with this decision on eligibility, and then how the Big Ten kind of rolls out uh, their fall and spring, it, or excuse me, the winter or spring, if if in fact they do play. So, interesting next couple of months to follow. Uh, it's, it, it seems like we've been talking about this now since what February, March. Like we'll see, you know, we'll, it's gonna be interesting to follow all this <laughs> stuff. And here we are in late August, still saying the same, saying thing. the same things. Yeah, and I've said this in stories I've written. This I, I don't know what is going to be different, you know, in December, January. That's different. That's different from now. Um, you know, there's a belief that this virus is going to come back once flu season hits. Um, there's still isn't a vaccine, or there's, they're not really close to developing a vaccine. I mean, they're close, but they haven't. There's nothing to finalize at this point. So, I do at this point, I would say even the the chance of them playing in the winter or spring is probably fifty fifty at this point. And I would have told you that, you know, I think I told you that back in May, June about the fall. Right. I just wasn't sure. I thought maybe they try and get going, and then it wouldn't work out. Um, Big Ten obviously decided not to try. Um, it's going to be, but it will be weird if the, if the, now if the SEC and the big 12 and the ACC end up getting off the ground and playing this fall, uh, it's going to be weird seeing some of those games on Saturdays, uh, and not watching or covering Michigan in the big 10. Well, I think we should wrap up this podcast by reminding our, our listeners to, if you haven't already, please subscribe to, uh, M live is a subscriber exclusive 
Uh, can you share a little bit more about what what uh, what they would get with uh, with a membership or subscription? Yeah, some of you who read our stuff regularly are probably starting to notice a page that pops up when you go to MLive.com and read stories. Uh, s- certain stories have been kind of designated as subscriber exclusive. Uh, that's for everyone who pay. You, you're asked, you know, if it pops up. I think you get one of those stories a month. After that, you're asked to subscribe. I think it's nine ninety nine a month. Now it's not just sports; it's everything. You know, it's it's all of our sports coverage, not only Michigan but Michigan State and all the pro teams. Uh, looks like the NFL is going to get going here. So Lions coverage is coming fast and furious, but also news. I mean, obviously we know the coronavirus is is still rampant. Election season is coming up, so there's going to be a lot of ex- subscriber exclusive stories only available to those who pay. And we ask, you know, if you read our stuff regularly to su- support journalism, I can't just spit it out. You know, it's something that, you know, everyone's been reading on live a lot for a long time for free. Uh, we ask you to start paying. Um, in addition to that as well, for those of you that have been listening for a while, you know about our Wolverine Confidential Text platform. Uh, you, can, you can sign up by sending a text to 734-215-6605. Um, a lot of breaking news. We we do send the subscribers first before it gets published and I'm live. Um, some you know kind of insider nuggets we get. We'll we'll go there first. Anything any breaking news, anything we break, we'll we'll go there first. First sixty days are free. After that, it's four ninety nine a month. So for you, you know, major Michigan football fans, give it a try. I try to make it worth it. Obviously, I always welcome feedback, and and you're always um, welcome to unsubscribe if if you don't find it worth it. But once again, you can text seven three four. 215-6605. Yeah, and, and that's an opportunity too for, for you to interact with us. Tell us what, what you want us to talk about on, on this podcast. We can answer any questions you may have. It's just a simple text away and we will get it get it and we'll be able to respond if you have any questions or or comments or insights that, that you would like to share with us as well. So that's all for this week's episode. We'll talk to you uh, probably early next week. <laughs>